What's up, guys? This is Zach, and you have just stepped into the dark blue. I am having a really good day today. I'm here at the Wellness Prime Wellness and uh, Performance Spa, and uh, just hanging out with Lewis and Royce Vasquez, the owners. And uh, we've got a pretty cool story ahead of us, guys. Uh, Lewis is actually uh, the a former guard for the Denver Broncos, and uh, his has done open this spa to do some really amazing things to help people with their health and wellness uh, with his wife Royce and so uh, it's it's going to be a pretty cool conversation I'm excited to hear about your stories yeah, yeah. Sure. let's do it yeah thanks for being here guys thank you thanks for having us yeah um, well thanks for having me I guess I'm in your spa so <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so we're I as always guys we got to start off with a little little drink a little uh libation and I picked up a uh, coronita uh, lager from the Cerveceria de, de, de Colima uh, which is in southern Mexico and um, this is something I have never had before a brewery that I've never had before which I'm pretty excited about and so I'm excited about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice so we'll get a little bit more into the reason I picked up this beer uh, in a little while but let's crack these open for now yeah nice. oh man oh nice and crisp looking yes it looks refreshing, guys. <laughs> it really does. Oh, man. It's okay. If it tastes as good as it looks, I right? <laughs> it even smells good. It does. It has really fruity. Yeah. Kinda... Mm -hmm. Just smells fruity fresh. Oh, I'm excited about this. Should be good on a hot summer day. Right. It's like an hour of fresco. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Ooh, uh, okay. That is good. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. That is really good. Man, I think that's going to be my summer beer. No joke. <laughs> sure. Where did you find these? Uh, this was at uh, Total Wine over wow. in the mm -hmm. rim off of, yeah. Really? Yeah. They have them in the, they have a very small Mexican section and it was like Modelo, Dos Equis. Typical. You know, yeah. And then these guys were there and I was just like, all right, that's, that's wow. awesome with me. Good pick. Good yeah. pick. That's. That's for sure a summer beer. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, when I was getting all this ready, I was informed that you guys like Mexican beers. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and they are great, especially during the summertime. Uh, they're definitely underrated, I think sometimes by craft beer, the craft beer world. Yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> and sure. so, they're not as exciting, but right. they're, they're delicious. I don't know. This is pretty exciting to me. Like this is a random little brewery saying, in yeah. Southern Mexico. That's yeah. pretty mm -hmm. awesome. I, and so, um, and I love that crisp, refreshing, low alcohol. This is a great afternoon kind of treat, you know? 100%. Um, Hey, check this out. If you haven't tried sheath underwear yet, I can tell you from experience, it will change your life. It's got not one, but two pouches for your bits and pieces. It's basically like upgrading from a studio apartment to a two bedroom house for your junk. I won't wear anything else at this point. I've replaced my entire underwear drawer with sheath. So if you want to try it out for yourself, you can get 25% off by going to sheathunderwear.com and use promo code DARKBLUE, all caps, DARKBLUE. So anyway, yeah, and so I picked this up because Lewis and I had a conversation when we met initially about his tattoos. Do you want to tell us a little bit about all that? 
Yeah, so um, to kind of give you the backstory on them, uh, I was in college and, you know, up at three o'clock in the morning after eating a bowl of cereal, nothing else to do. <laughs> Channel surfing. Were you a little high too. Or <laughs> no, right? yeah, definitely couldn't. Not with uh, playing, playing football. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Definitely couldn't do that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those nights in the off season that for whatever reason you couldn't sleep as a college kid. Um, the, uh, you know, this uh, channel came across, I think it was a history channel or something. They were talking about native, uh, native American tribes all around the world. And I remember it triggered me to remember this tattoo that my uncle had. Mm. He had a tribal tattoo that he kind of came up with himself it was based off of Aztec um, artwork. And he just kind of morphed into his own and put in an armband. Nice. And uh, so um, I remember him telling me that we had a lot of Aztec through our bloodline on you know, my grandfather's side of the family. So, you know, got on the computer and started just searching you know, researching, you know, um, my family history, last name, where they came from. So my last name is Spanish. Mm. Um, but as you know, uh, the Spanish came over South America and kind of made their way up here and right, then, yeah. you know, landed in Florida as well. Um, so I did know that- the most peaceful uh, of ways too. <laughs> right, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, shaking hands, kissing yeah. babies, type of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, so I uh, came, came to find out that my family is made up of Spanish, Spanish blood and Aztec blood. Mm-hmm. So that triggered me to really start, um, you know, I was like, well, hell, I'm, I was always into tattoos. I had a few at that point in time, but I, I knew I wanted more. And I was like, hell yeah, you know, I might as well, you know, get something that's kind of tied to my family. Yeah, kind of meaningful. Yeah, my sure. uncle already had started that that deal and I was like well I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it started too so mm-hmm. I actually started with the centerpiece of Aztec calendar and just kind of went from there um got the eagle warrior here the double-headed serpent that I actually kind of unwound mm-hmm. and it's mainly into a it's a W <laughs> looks like a W double-headed serpent nice. and it's placed on top of the Aztec ball court mm-hmm. which was their form of basketball they, nice. they used a, a natural rubber ball and they would use their hips to try to get in the stone hoop games lasted days in the winter would uh be sacrificed as an honor so wow. it's yeah pretty savage but that's just how they believed yeah um but they were true warriors so i was i took that into my mentality of you know being a big football player and you know kind of took that mentality on the football field as well nice. and just kind of just kept adding on to it and whenever it came time to getting an actual true sleeve mm-hmm. on my left arm here, um, I wanted a sacrificial theme. Yeah. But instead of a heart being pulled out, as they typically did, um, I wanted a clock pulled out. So I'm not sure if you ever saw that. But so yeah, there's yeah. a clock there. Yeah, you showed me that. That's really awesome. Um, and for me, it signified uh, the time uh, that I sacrificed to be who I was mm. and where I'm at today. Yeah. So it had, it wasn't who just you are, babe. Who, who you I am. Are. <laughs> so it wasn't just uh, uh, a meaningless tattoo. Uh, my, my dad, he, he had tattoos as well. So he didn't have a ton, but he always preached to me that, hey, son, if you're going to get a tattoo, just make sure 
is meaningful. Yeah. You know, you so don't, you don't get, regret it when you're exactly. 60, 70, your skin's all wrinkly. <laughs> you don't want to have just a bunch of random tattoos that you're going to hate right, later yeah. on down the road. So. Try to explain to your kids, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I was incoherent at this point in time. So, no. Right, I got a Tasmanian but, uh, devil just because I got a <laughs> I've actually came, uh, had a few professional teammates that have <laughs> random tattoos. Do you? Oh, I thought you were going to say Tasmanian devil. I was yeah. like, oh, man. He had pineapples on him. He was Polynesian descent, and okay. he had random pineapples. <laughs> and so the way he kind of started doing it was, and he's tatted from, like, neck down. Yeah. And it's kind of like finding Waldo. Hey, how many, how many pineapples, pineapples can you have? <laughs> some of them had like uh, my mean, ghastly face. Some of them were yeah. friendly. That's and, funny. That's yeah, awesome. Um, I love that. But uh, I, I didn't want that for me. You know, my dad kind of always yeah, resonated in the back of my there. mind. Yeah. So uh, I hear that. Yeah, I've got I've got a friend actually uh, who did very similar things. He would get there were meaningful tattoos, but also very random. So he actually has a pineapple <laughs> rowing a canoe. <laughs> uh, kind of a funny connection. Pineapple but, deal. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was from something that happened in his life that that's was funny. meant something to him, but it was just kind of funny. Um, anyway, but yeah, that's a super, super meaningful um, mural you have there. And then down um, here also have, uh, it would have been uh, a tiki. Oh, okay. So the jaguar would have been my birth animal. Of course, mm -hmm. that's the culture. Um, you know, I got the sun, uh, the sunburst because that was their main god. Yeah. Um, and nice. then I have this bottom symbol is their symbol of war. To me, is kind of like going to war on a football field. Awesome. So, cool. yeah, the, my tattoo artist actually, um, he's located in San Diego, mm -hmm. I was playing at the time. And he actually took the time to go down to Mexico, visit the ruins. And he got connected with this geologist student wow. um, that was very knowledgeable in, you know, not just the Aztec, but the Mayan cultures down mm -hmm. there. So every time he would go back, he would pick his brain. And that's how he came up with my tiki. Nice. And then after that, just kind of filled it in with artwork. And this right here, as much research as I did, I thought I knew a whole hell of a lot. I didn't. This right here is their version of the yin-yang. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So as you can see, you know, I got the dark here and the light here, that's, but it's, in, mm -hmm. you know, it's out of stone. So it's more of a relief art. Yeah. Um, these are the higher pieces and lower pieces but mm -hmm. i had no clue kind of right. like that spiral in the middle of the drawing right. together so that's so cool. I, was, I was like man that's pretty badass yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even know it i thought that was more of an asian thing yeah asian culture thing but no oh, i mean <laughs> yeah. i think the i think the the concept of the dark and the light go it, it's across it's like a cross-cultural thing you know um the shadow self and the the, the light itself and all that yeah. Right. so um yeah and the, i really like how the symbol of war is it looks like a shield chamber almost, well, i was gonna say chamber. the chamber of a uh, revolver oh yeah i didn't even i never put that oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure kind, kind of interesting but anyway yeah so i want to i want to talk a bit more about kind of your football career and things like that a bit yeah. but uh, um also first i want to hear a little bit more about you guys and the spa um, this might be a little bit of a longer episode, guys, because there's a lot to talk about here. <laughs> yeah. um, got time. But uh, but yeah, so let's go, let's start, I guess, from the beginning. Let's go linear because people like linear things. Um, so you started football, you were doing, you what, from high school, middle school on, you said? No, seven years old. Seven years old, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, and then worked your way up through college and played for a couple teams, right? I know yeah, the Chargers and the Broncos. Those are the teams I played professionally with. Um, you know, uh, but going back before that, um, I grew up in Corsica County, Texas, a small town, country town, 50 miles south of Dallas. Mm -hmm. um, 
I grew up watching the Cowboys in their dynasty days, and that was my ultimate dream was to play for the Cowboys, right? Yeah. But even at that at that young of an age, <laughs> even at that young of an age, I knew that was almost an impossibility for me. You know, I was a poor Mexican, poor chubby Mexican kid, and on paper, I was supposed to make it. You mm-hmm. know, um, so um, that was like kind of my fantasy dream. But yeah. I, even at a young age, I knew it was, you know, it was almost a possibility for me like yeah a pipe dream um, kind of. yeah for yeah. sure and as i kept going and kept playing um in high school i didn't even think about playing college ball mm-hmm. um even though i was you know my freshman year i was six four two seventy five side note to this i asked him at one point i'm like when did you realize that you were going to be big he's like when i made my first year into the nfl and i'm like wait a minute at that point like where, where, like what happened to you, this like high school kid who got all these offers? What happened to this college kid who got all of these like different people scouting you? You didn't realize till you were in the NFL. Yeah. But to to speak to the kind of person he is, it's just he's so humble. Yeah. You know, awesome. like it was just truly. I was shocked because I thought I would have been like waving flags you know like finish line flags in high school you know that's funny and he's like no don't expect it until you're actually there yeah you know it's wild i mean it was just honestly how i was raised you know wasn't didn't expect a lot because we didn't have a lot so Mm, yeah i already knew then that yeah you know unless it it was there and i had it tangible then it definitely don't expect it yeah Um, i think that's a really important lesson that comes from not having stuff you know when you're you're growing up and you know we like my family wasn't super poor but we weren't wealthy by any means right um i think for when i was younger we were definitely on the lower middle class side of things and um and it was a big treat for us to go out to eat too for sure same here it was like oh man fridays dad got his paycheck you know going to eat yeah yeah that to us was a like a lavish meal right or pizza but i mean it's still pizza. Now, now I look it back, I'm like it's so simple, but it was such a, like you said, it's such a treat. Yeah. You were, you were excited about it. You're like, man, this is, we're living good at right. this point yeah. in time. Just, even, if, even if it's just for that, you know, 30 minutes, we're like, we're living good right now. Exactly. Yeah. And it feels good in that moment, you know, and it gives you something to strive for. I think if you, if you grow up um, with a little bit more adversity and difficulty, you yeah. know, and so coming into adulthood with that kind of perspective, I think is just really, um, valuable. Yeah. Yeah, it most definitely. And, and, you know, seeing how on both of our end, we both were raised like very, very humble. You know, mine, my dad's a really hard worker and he lives for work. And so mm. to go along with that, it's like, it's kind of what translates here. You know, like yeah. he's always been an extremely hard worker and in everything I've seen him do, you know, yes. like it's, yeah. It's all or nothing. Mm. And I joke all the time that Louis is such an extremist, but it really translates so well into business because yeah. he's all in. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to worry. I don't have to worry <laughs> whether or not, Things you know, he's done. doing yeah. you know what he needs to do in the mm-hmm. because I know it's going to be done. And it really translates, like I said, to what we're doing here with like, you know, these IV bags and what we're trying to offer people here is yeah. is really making sure that people are fully taken care of in our center. 
That's awesome. So it's good. It, it, it's it's such a great lesson to be able to grow up with. And Procrastination has taught me a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a time or two. It, it's, taught, it's, it's taught me how to do a three-hour job in 30 minutes. Yes. Yeah. So, and do it well, too. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, a lot, you know, especially when my, uh, when, you know, a, kind of uh, an example, you know, some, some people are like, man, you're charged a lot for training these kids, but it's like, you're not paying me for the time here. You pay me for the time it took me to learn. Yeah. You paid me for the past 20 something years. Right. Yeah. You know, even when I wasn't making any money. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, all the procrastination that's that taught me a lot. I'm like, man, yeah. how am I going to do this in the 30 minutes I have left? I found a way. Yeah. You know, that's a really it, good way to put it. Yeah. It's out of desperation and necessity. Mm -hmm. Those two things are a huge driving factor. And if you have those kind of kicking you in the ass, you, you yeah. will find a way. I think that's when I wrote all my A papers in college, actually. 100%. Yeah. Like, we've all been there. Yeah. So it's either you fold or you find a way. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was like, I have no other choice but to find a way. It's either that it. or I'm going back home you know, somewhere nothing. that I didn't want to go. Yeah. So. So that brought you the NFL, which is amazing. Yeah. So yeah, um, you know, just to go back just a quick second, I didn't think about playing college ball to get my first offer. Mm. I was like, well, I might be able to get my degree while playing some college ball. Yeah. You know, what better combination, you know, can I get than that? Um, because I wouldn't have gone to college if I didn't get a scholarship. Mm. Um, so went to college four years and still playing pro ball at that point was a pipe dream. Mm. Um, I was like, you know, I'm playing football, bang some heads and get my degree and yeah. then go from there, figure it out after that. And then junior year, uh, after my junior season, I started getting looked at by pro scouts and I'm asking coaches during spring ball, like, who are they here to look at? You know, cause I was so oblivious <laughs> to it that they were and following like, our group like, around. They're like, you fool. <laughs> they're like, yeah, looking here, scouting you. I'm like, oh shit. Uh, might be something to this. Yeah. And my mentality was er early on in football, no matter if it was a drill or team drills, I wanted to be the best at that drill or be the best in team drills. Whatever it was, yeah. I was determined to be the best. And that really, you know, drove me and, you know, kind of pushed me to, to have the type of career I had. Mm -hmm. You know, I, like she said, I was all in. Yeah. No matter what it was, I was all or nothing. And I was all in because I didn't want to be just another player kind of filling the spot. Nice. I, wanted, I wanted to stand out um, because that's kind of the pride that my grandfather kind of instilled in us yeah. uh, and me as a child. I was named after my grandfather and, you know, he might be five, four, but when you talk to him, <laughs> he's six, seven, you nice. know, he, he yeah. says his name proudly. Um, and if you were just heard him talk to him from a microphone, didn't see him, you would mm -hmm. think he's a big dude, but nice. he's not. Okay. So I kind of took that pride, uh, Solid from example. Him, yeah, yeah. And just kind of took that man with it. Cool. Um, and then, you know, draft day comes and almost didn't answer the damn call. <laughs> tell, tell him why you almost didn't answer. Well, the, so there was back then, um, it was different. Just say the it. first two days were the first day was first, and second round. Mm -hmm. I knew it was a long shot. I would go the first day. Second day is kind of what I was looking after. Well, we got pretty trashed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty trashed. And so, you know, my dad was the first one to pass out. Yeah. 
Woke up Saturday morning. Oh, you got trash with your dad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's my dad, nice. threw, this, this is the my dad threw a draft day party for me. And, awesome. Um, so we're, you know, just crawling out of bed the next day. And my dad's already in front of the TV, like a kid watching his favorite Saturday morning cartoon, watching the draft and I'm dragging my ass to the couch. I plop down, set my phone there and the charges are on the, the clock. <laughs> and, and my phone starts ringing. See an eight five eight, and I was like, I don't know who the hell it is, and I didn't answer phone numbers I didn't recognize. Right, yeah, I still set it back down, (laughs) and I'm sitting there watching it ring. I was like, I don't know who the hell this is. I'm wait, this might be the call I'm looking for. So (laughs) the the charges are on the TV, and he's not answering (laughs) his phone. (laughs) So I'm now finally pick it up, and it was AJ Smith, the general manager, telling me they're using the seventy eighth pick in the third round to draft me, and. my dad's over here, like in my ear. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? I can't hear a damn thing. So I had to go to my room, finish talking to them, and I come out and I tell them, "So we're going to San Diego." And nice. Yeah, you know, I was happy for that. You know, next few minutes, but then I remember the next thing the Chargers told me: like in two days' time, you're gonna go on a plane, you're gonna come out here, and we're gonna go rookie minicamp. So then the anxiety and reality started to set in. I was like, damn. That's I, pressure. I'm in the big boy leagues now. <laughs> yeah. And in two days, I'm going to be suited and booted with the big boys. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, anxiety, mm. stress. And like, at that point, he realized he made it. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, damn. I realized I made it. But then when I got to San Diego and I actually got in the locker room, I'm like, okay, this is for real, for real. Yeah. yeah, I had asked him, I was like, you know, when was that moment, that defining moment when you like got, got into like playing pro ball? Mm-hmm. Like, when was that moment that you realized that you were actually there? And he goes, the first time I got hit by a pro guy. <laughs> I was like, I guess I so, right? Like that's a different experience. That's huh? what he said. He was like, when he, he goes, when you get hit by a pro guy versus like a college, he was like, you feel it in your soul. <laughs> so, you know, gotcha. after, after college, I got invited to play in a college all-star game. Yeah. And just from playing college teams to college all-star guys, yeah, the speed of the game picked up and everything else. Um, and then when I got to the pros, it picked up even more. We were just practicing. It didn't even hit me. It wasn't even game speed yet. But I remember we ran power. I pulled around. Brandon Siler was known for having a hard head. And I wasn't one to shy away from contact. So uh-huh. I stuck my head in there with everything I had. Bow, immediately saw white. And I don't know if you've <laughs> ever been hit in the face before, in the head. But you know that That's immediate taste mm. that you get? Yep. One of those, and I saw white immediately. Yep. And my eyes after that uh, hit were seeing on two different planes. And I told Roy, I said, that was that moment. It was like, yeah, welcome to the NFL, Rook. That was it. That was it. That was it. Nice. Yeah. And now we're here, right? Now we're here. <laughs> Dealing with all the repercussions of the hits. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but that's why you have the NAD drips that you guys do. So yeah. that's, yeah. I'm sure that's great. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we'll definitely talk a little bit about, a little bit more about that in a few minutes. Um, so, but I, I want to talk about your transition from NFL, because uh, I know that was a big deal for you and, and when you guys met. Yeah. So you met while he was still playing, right? I met while he was still playing. Um, Tell him my career. Um, yeah. The tail end of, well, the last year. Okay. And um, was that in Denver? 
No, we met. Oh, <laughs> do, you, do you want me to tell the real how we really Absolutely, met? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, was it a dating app? It was a strip no. club. <laughs> was, Even better. Was, <laughs> okay. No, I was not working. That's not how it was. Um, we were actually set up by like he's like our brother. His name is Tony. Okay. Um, he kept trying to get me to meet Louis, and I'm like, no. I know all your friends and I don't want to date any of them. Like, yeah. no thanks. <laughs> and um, he kept trying to get me to come to dinner to try and set us up. I finally obliged and um, only because he threatened to carry me out of my apartment. And he would. And he would. That's nice. Tony has carried me out of many places before. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's a good friend. Yeah, that is a good friend yeah. for sure. So, um, <laughs> get off your ass and do something. Right. Like, <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, yeah, he was like, if you don't come, I'm going to come get you in your pajamas and take you. And I'm like, okay, for sure he would have. So <laughs> we were on some clothes really quick. I met him at dinner. Um, that's where Louis was. Mm. I'm like a very loud personality. I could talk to a wall, like literally <laughs> for days. Nice. Louis is obviously much more like subdued. Mm. He's way more humble than I am. It's <laughs> a good balance, sir. That's, that's your uh, that's your yin and yang there. Yeah, yeah. Sure. for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah, opposites um, for sure attract. As you're and, sitting here, you're wearing a black shirt and a white shirt. And, yeah, you know, exactly. I feel like this is just meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so. Of course, like I come into this restaurant and I'm like, where's the shots? Let's go. Like, let's have a great time. I have some other Just friends that are in party. the restaurant and yeah. I'm like a, so a social butterfly. I'm like running around the restaurant. I'm buying shots for other tables. I'm like, <laughs> let's get this party started. Louis is sitting directly across from me mm. and he's so quiet, like barely says hi. Yeah. He's just... There. I was shy. He was yeah. just. Uh, I'm, I'll admit so it. that's was, the yeah. other thing. Is that, are you a pretty pretty shy person yes. like in general? Yes. Okay. Which gotcha. is the other thing that you would never know about him. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say he like we, you you had a pretty solid conversation with me like that first time we met with you know. I mean, as I've gotten older, I've gotten better. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Still, like if when I was single before her, like if I came is your typical like nerdy kid oh okay. came across yeah. a beautiful girl like i didn't know what to say <laughs> which, is, which is the last thing which is the last thing that i would expect you to say like being being the nerdy kid you know right um, which, isn't which, that crazy yeah it really is and yeah, I, I love that perception yeah totally and I, I love that because they it really just breaks the stereotypes with the whole just I mean, because me, I consider myself a nerdy kid for sure, right? Like, I, I grew up, look at the difference. I grew up a nerdy kid, right? And and here I am, you know, 150 pounds, 160 pounds, and um, you know, five nine. And you and I are sitting across from each other, and it's like, yeah, we probably have very similar perceptions of ourselves. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, so I'm like, I literally look at Tony. I'm like, this is the guy. Like he doesn't talk, you yeah, know. Yeah. Like, why would you think we would be a good fit? So what really started to break the ice for her and I was the restaurant was terrible. The service the was, was awful. Terrible. Oh, yeah. That'll um, do it. So we're like shared shared misery. Like yeah. I, I could tell, like I could tell that he was um just like chill. Like it wasn't anything that he was doing that specifically was like a no it was just yeah he was just yeah. chilling he was taking it in whatever but observing right you know like that's just who uh, he is but um nice. but i thought it was a funny like match make that our buddy did and um 
And so kind of like halfway into dinner, the food was terrible. Like we just, the only thing that was great about it was the association. Yeah. And Louis, the fr- I think the first words he said were, do you want a shot? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, there you are, you know? Yeah. And so he was like, do you like Don Julio? And it's funny because that's my favorite tequila. And so, and I'm purely a tequila drinker. Like yeah. tequila on the rocks, that's my drink. Nice. And so I thought somebody had told him like what I drank. Mm-hmm. And turns out it was his favorite tequila too. Oh, nice. He opened up yeah. a bit after he had a shot. A little lick of courage. From there, um, our buddies owned uh, strip clubs in Austin um, and we went to one of their parties. And so, um, and he just like, it, he flourished. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he opened he up. Flourished. Do you guys want a second round? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, All right, good deal. But yeah, so he flourished there, and that was that's literally our love story. Like, that's so we always joke. Like, that's super cute. Who, who says that. you can't find love in a strip club, right? Another thing that I think breaks some stereotypes too, you know, that that love stories can only happen like in these very specific ways, you know, yeah. and um, and the, just the way you meet and the things that open you up and connect you, and mm-hmm. uh, I think is really cool. Yep. We're definitely not a part of the social, the dating app. Right? <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> just, right. No. Yeah, I've been, you know, I've had, I've experienced the dating app life a bit, and it's just definitely not for me either. You know, um, it's like the 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 more the more I experience those kinds of things, the more I'm just like, this is not the way it's supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's got to happen organically. Yeah, absolutely. I completely you know, agree. Behind a computer screen or your phone, it's just, you know, you. you Completely well, lose that human element. We didn't expect sure. anything from each other. Yeah. yeah. I think like yes. when you expect something from mm. each other and right off the bat, it's yeah. like but you get that, I think it's, it's a, a very awkward sense already. Yeah. yeah. That's such a that's such a big thing. And that mm-hmm. that word expectations mm-hmm. for me, like that that sticks in so many parts of life where yeah. expectations just create so many disappointments. One hundred percent. So um, and that's that's kind of been a, a, a motto of mine actually since I was probably 18 years old is that mm-hmm. ex- expectations create disappointment. Yeah. So uh, Louis just finishes. You Louis or Louis? Like she calls yeah, him Louis. 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 Okay. Louis. Okay. It when people matter. call him Lou or Louis, I'm like, who's that? <laughs> Um, staring at that nice so so louis yeah um and with the mexican background i figured louis was probably yeah uh, or louis um but uh, i get so much louis it's typically louis yeah but, <laughs> louis, but louis, louis. louis is isn't it l-u-i-s though yeah. Louis. so yeah that doesn't know, make sense so come on guys um, but, <laughs> but anyway so yeah um uh louis just finished his uh amino drip yes and uh we're starting our second round of right. the uh colomita and I, I love this beer. It's, it's like, great. <laughs> yeah, Which is like super dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, they, they had a shelf full at Total Wine. So, right. you know. Um, Perfect. Our next stop. Yeah, they had another one as well that was a um, American lager. So they have the lager and the American lager. Gotcha. And the American lager, the description said it was a little bit more fruity on the fruity side. So there's this uh, microbrewery there. Uh, it's a darker beer, so. Uh, like I said, I think I told you I only drink darker beers when it's colder, especially okay. here in Texas. Yep. Um, but it's a 
uh, based off a of Mexican darker beer. Okay. It has Mexican chocolate in it. But Ooh, it's also got um, oh my gosh. A, a hint of peppers in it. So it's got a kick. Okay. Yeah. When like you the think of it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, sounds it's, it's, it sounds awful. Oh, it sounds amazing. And I, <laughs> to me, at first, I'm like, who wants chocolate with spice? Like, it yeah. sounds like it doesn't go together. Mm. But I was at this beer festival. I was like, you know, what? I got to try it. <laughs> and it actually ended up being my favorite beer. And to this day, I've not been able to find it. Okay. And it's, it's been killing me because it was so delicious. Like, it... It went together like peanut butter and jelly. Like, uh, it it yes. just meshed so damn well together. All right, challenge accepted. Now I get a visual. <laughs> we'll see if okay, I can find that gotcha. beer for you. Um, well, the thing is, it's it's. I actually uh, had a mentor in college, uh, creative writing mentor, uh, and she is uh, a writer here in San Antonio. Um, and she actually taught me to put a pinch of cayenne pepper in my coffee. Uh, oh yeah, 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 for sure. Right, yeah. and so you get a lot of coffee that has that chocolate, the chocolate notes and things like right. that. And when you have a, a coffee with chocolate, with the chocolate notes and a pinch of cayenne pepper in there, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. Ah, well, then so you, you were introduced yeah. that before, so I wasn't. Yeah, but to yeah, me, yeah. in chocolate spice in a beer, like, but I'm telling you, it just. <laughs> mesh so damn well together yeah nice it's, it's surprising delicious. actually yeah I've, I've had like hatch chili beers i've had habanero beers and nice. sometimes they're horrible because it's all pepper <laughs> yeah. and sometimes it's just a hint and it's perfect it's yeah. so good this one had just so, a hint so yeah. at, right at the end you get it and you're like wow that's it's a, it's a, yeah, a very yeah. pleasant it's a tiny finish. little kick in the yeah, mouth just, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's awesome um so yeah let's uh get back to because i can talk about beer all day right so, um but yeah so i i do want to hear more a little bit more about like your relationship because i know that there was a lot of transition for you guys which is something yeah. that's really big for couples that can really either drive people apart or bring them very close together for sure um and so you guys met on the tail end of your career louis yeah. um and so that that was a lot of changes you had happening. Yeah. So when, after we met, I didn't tell her what I did. Mm. Um, at the time, me and Tony had a trucking company together. Tony being the guy who introduced us. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. She. Uh, so um, I would come back on the weekends, and during the week, I had to go back because we were in off-season training at the time. Okay. And on Sunday, I'm like, all right, I'll go back to work. And she thought I was doing construction. I thought, so Tony, <laughs> I, I'm very close with Tony, and Tony would say that. Uh -huh. He would call me sis. All right, sis, I got to go back to work. I'll see you next week and I'm back. Yeah. I never thought anything of it because I knew what he did. I knew he was out of town a lot, whatever. He would say the exact same thing to me. He was like, I got to go back to work. I'll see you next weekend. I may be in Friday, Saturday, depending on my schedule and the flights. Mm. Okay, cool. See you next week. <laughs> again, never again yeah. no expectation. Like, okay, see you next week. Whatever, you know. And then later on, that's when I found out that he played football. Yeah, nice. Right training camp. So you let her, you let her decide she liked you first before. Yeah, I did that you know, I, you know, I definitely, as I got older, well, when I was first off in my career, I had friends galore. Friends yeah. about the woodwork, blah, blah. But as I got older, I kind of started to phase people out. Right. Just because I knew my career wasn't going to last forever. Right. I knew it was on the brink, the, the end of it. And I wanted to see who's, I wanted people to stick around for me, for me, not because of what I did. Right. So, um, and I, I, I knew I wanted her and I was going to do everything I could to, to make track her and yeah. make it happen. So I didn't want me being football, being one of those. Yeah. Because I've seen plenty of guys and you hear stories that, you know, she's only with him because of what he does and what, 
Mm. That's definitely not what I wanted for me. Right. So, that's awesome. I, for that that's reason. Really and I wasn't ever one of those guys to boast. It was a test. Yeah. <laughs> and I was never one of those guys to boast what I did. I'm, a, I'm an NFL player. You know? <laughs> yeah. Those guys come off as real douchey. And those are that's typically true. guys well, you don't want to The ones around. that ruin, right. ruin yeah. the name of things. Yeah. And to for, totally yeah. honest with you, like, I have a lot of friends that play professional football. Yeah. And... No thanks. <laughs> Just not the marrying type. Not huh? for me. <laughs> like, so yeah, um, and later that year, she finally started staying with me more often. And regular season hit, and I'm getting leaving the house by five forty-five, <laughs> something like that. She's like, "Why do you have all this Bronco stuff?" All yeah, well, so that's that was the funny thing. Like before we even got to me staying with him, so I I had a golf company, or I still have a golf company. But that's why my schedule was so free because I just worked for myself. Yeah. So I was able to visit him a lot. So okay. he invited me out to training camp. I didn't know that it was training camp. I thought he was just inviting me out. Mm. And that's when I found out. I thought um, that he was in a, what is that called? Where people play? Like a club? Like, yeah, like a, like a football club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what, uh, in a mural? Yeah, I thought he was in a football club. That's pretty And funny. that's when I found out that he, he was like, Royce, I, I play football for the Denver Broncos. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, okay. what are you talking about? And um, so, like, fast forward, um, you know, I didn't know anything about football. Like, I had friends that played, but I didn't yeah. care. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, nice. so um, he wakes up. This is, like, after we started dating. You know, he wakes up one morning, and he's, like, I think it was, like, my first time ever staying with him. So. And this was probably, like, oh, man. This was in September. Yeah. When Ray was even hit. Yeah, this was like this was pretty far into our relationship. Yeah, and um, Wednesdays were all Mondays. So he wakes up one morning like crack ass of dawn. She doesn't wake up early. No, no. <laughs> okay, the, gotcha. whole yeah, mo- the whole myself, motivating so. reason for me owning my own business was so I never had to wake up early. Yeah, and so he wakes up super early, and I'm like where are you going no 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 it was more of where are you going (laughs) where are you trying to sneak off to where where are you going was she at your place yeah Yeah. okay all right and he's like i gotta go to work and i'm like to work you You play footballs on sunday you idiot like i know better (laughs) it's not sunday So I had to crack open my weekly game plan. Yeah. The first page was schedule of the day. So from like seven o'clock on, lift weights, meetings, treatment, like the whole night up until seven o'clock that night. Yeah. Like, here's my schedule for the and day. So, and then I'm like, wait a minute, you don't just work on Sundays? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's more to this. It was a reality yeah. that they don't pay us this amount of money just to show up on Sundays. I was like, I thought you guys, like, I mean, you're essentially performers. Like, you gotta. That's yeah. literally what their tax says is Inter- entertainers. Yeah. entertainers. Entertainers, yeah. really? Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. That's what their tax says. All right. Huh. Yeah. So, That's like, right on know. the dot. But yeah, yeah. I was like, you can't pull a fast one on me, homie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But yeah. So right. with that being said, you know, like I knew him as, I mean, that's where like, obviously we had been together for a while at that point. And yeah. he had always been this, um, he'd always been this person of being, you know, this like mighty macho um, football player. And I knew his ability and, 
um, later on through his transition of, you know, like, uh, like I said, this was over a period of time, but, you know, retiring, he was, he knew he was on the telling of his career, but yeah. retiring and um, he was all of a sudden this like different person that I, I had only known yeah. this person to be this way. Nice. <laughs> and it was a wild change. Yeah. Like it was, I mean, we had our first son by then. Okay. And um, yeah, it was, he, after we had our son was, that was the moment he decided to retire after this. It was, that's when it became real. Yeah. I was on the fence. I was kind of tinkering. Do I, do I not? Yeah. He was um, visiting other teams. Like I was still, offers. yeah, I was still training to play. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, was he, there, sorry, keep going. Um, you know, through the years, I've had teammates that had to retire due to injury. One of them, still a dear friend of mine, he had, he had to retire because of a head injury. Oh, wow. We're playing the Jets, and he's the one I learned from. Mm. He's one of the best guards ever play in, in the NFL. Um, I try to mimic. I learned from, um, you know, I, I just took in everything he, he did. Um, and I'm talking about for those three and a half hours on the football field, he was the angriest human being on the planet. Really? And that, and, you know, that's where I learned or really, you know, I, I had come into my own really in college. And then I really started to become coming to my own as a professional after seeing him and the way he played football. And he played football the way it's meant to be played. Mm. Physical, a little dirty, not blatantly dirty, but yeah. like just, just, just a little bit, just <laughs> enough to flirt with that line. Yeah. You know? But that's what football is about, mm. um, especially in the trenches as linemen. You know, um, I mean, if, if remember the Titans was any any uh, indication of how you know football is supposed to be played, then probably more uh, any given Sunday. <laughs> okay, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Probably more more <laughs> lines of that. Um, and uh, so uh, I, he had a concussion this one game. We're playing the Jets. Yeah. And the last thing he remembers was moving his head just a little bit last second. Mm. Put his hand on the side of his head, out on his feet. Man, he backed up. And Dillman was one of those guys that he was never gonna back down. He's mm -hmm. not gonna let admit that you you beat him because he's gonna come back. Yeah. Until he dies, type of person. And he's kind of backing up, kind of like, yeah, you got me. He fell down, extremely concussed. But all backup linemen had both gone down with concussions. Yeah. So we had nobody else. It was either he stays in, or we put <laughs> in a tight end at guard, which. It's never been done before. Yeah. So we would have to put a tight end over at the tackle spot, move our tackle in. But, you know, uh, we kind of made the decision as a line. We're like, Phil, give him a few seconds to gain his bearings back. And he played the rest of the game. Uh, long story short, he should have never got put on that plane because after the game, mm. he was red in the face, couldn't hold a conversation. He was throwing up. Wow. He was in a bad way. He should have stayed there and went to the hospital. Yeah, for sure. But our whack job of the doctor we had then cleared him to get on the flight from New York to San Diego. Oh, oh my flight. gosh. Wow. Um, well, once you get a concussion, uh, as most people know, uh, your brain swells. Yeah. And then you're dealing with pressure, pressure change in the airplane. Yeah. Uh -huh. So getting up in the air is fine. Yeah. It was until those last 15 seconds before we touch wheel, oh, wheels touch the ground. Wow. That pressure change hit. He broke out in a grand mal seizure. Oh my gosh. And uh, doesn't remember the next four days of his life. Mm -hmm. um, and he had to retire um, or he risked becoming a vegetable. 
Um, so, you know, after seeing that, I, I knew it just takes one play to, yeah. to really change the course, the rest of the course wow. of the rest of your life. And that's not something I wanted for my son. At once he was born, I was like, okay, I started to reevaluate everything and prioritize what's more important. Mm. I knew football wasn't forever. I knew that going into it. Right. And once he was, my son was born, I was like, okay, I had already reached the top of my position. First team all pro. I reached the top of the game. I won a Super Bowl. What more did I need to prove? Yeah. Yeah, I could have went and got a, another Super Bowl because the Patriots actually called me later that season and they ended up winning the Super Bowl the, next, the following year. Nice. Um, so I could have got another one, which would have been nice, but that's not what was important. You yeah. Know, again, it, it, it and it doesn't even have to be a head injury. It could be a leg or arm or back. Something that's going to change your Something. life. Yeah. And, you know, you can't play this game scared to be hurt, scared mm. to get hurt, because then that's when you do get hurt. Right. Because um, you overthink things. and Yeah, you overthink things. You hesitate. Yeah. And that's when bad things happen. You have to play the game full go. Yeah. That's the only way to play it. And that's really the safest way to play it within, you know, with proper technique, obviously. But, yeah, for sure. Um, so when he was born, I was like, okay, you know, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, my body's had enough. He's here. I don't want him pushing around in a wheelchair later in life. That's not the life I wanted for my son. Yeah. So if he wasn't here, I would have played. If it was just me and Royce, I would have played another three, four years yeah. easily. Um, but that, again, after seeing a couple of my teammates go down because of the injury, my son being born, I was like, you know what? I'm done. <laughs>
you know, I'd go out all night. I remember one time for my birthday, I just turned 21. We were out until 7 a.m. and we had meetings at 9. Yeah. I'd be on the floor like, I got at 9.30. <laughs> and we did it. And I had yeah. some of my best practices. Yeah. You know, uh, like that. <laughs> just just delirious. Yeah, now <laughs> I go out drinking one night and we're, we're done down for the next for three, three days. days. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh like, yeah dude, it's like we we just require so much water so much more water now than oh, we did sure. <laughs> yeah it's so funny for sure it's like um, the brain decline too right so um so yeah so you guys had that transition yeah. and i mean this is something you knew your entire life and for sure and well, you were a part of that transition which i think i like i said i mean it, it's going to either tear you apart or it's going to pull you together were yeah. rough waters okay. yeah oh, very uncharted rough Woo! rough waters <laughs> <laughs> yeah so do you guys I want mean, to tell me a little bit about that transition yeah. oh, and kind of like sure. what the what that entailed like emotionally mentally so, all that stuff to kind of kind of set the the stage real quick i knew my last year and a half i knew something was wrong with my body yeah um i didn't feel as strong as i did when it came game day i'd be I'd sitting in my locker room like all right boys we got another game and i'm sitting there i'm like the hell is wrong with me because before i'm like all right boys we got another game i'm antsy i'm anxious yeah. i'm nervous all at the same time got goosebumps mm -hmm. and then you know i started to feel myself like just real nonchalant like all right boys we got another game we're gonna go out there and play the game i knew like something something's not right with me yeah and my strength took forever to get back well i got my blood tested my testosterone was low it was mm. 200 my doctor said i needed to be around a thousand my age my my health yeah it'd be wow. around a thousand so yeah. i'm already playing on the unlevel playing field mm -hmm. um so that's how i had to write out my last two years so and that was what like lack of motivation and kind of yeah i mean i still was motivated just because this was my job yeah and, you know I, I knew i had to provide and uh, you know at this point we were engaged later on mm -hmm. that year mm -hmm. um, and but mind you on my end i had no idea I still, I like, I, I did knew, a very good job hiding it. I knew gotcha. Louie as being this extremely strong, strong-willed person. Yeah. Who literally, like I said, is an extremist of all or nothing. And so even though he was battling this mental, like whatever it was to him inside. Demon, demon. Yeah, yeah. It, to me, he was still this like NFL football player, <laughs> macho, will mm -hmm. fucking destroy you on the field, you yeah. know, like, and, and he, he just exudes that. Yeah. So it's wild to think this persona was literally a persona. Like it wasn't, it actually was, him, yeah. no, because that's how I knew him. Because you go back two years, actually that was me. It was <laughs> yeah. truly a performance. Yeah. And and it wasn't until like the end of, and even then I still didn't understand. It wasn't until like um, the end of when he was going to the Super Bowl, two epidurals. I mean, yeah, two epidurals at the end of the year in order to even play. And then I had to get a shot in my knee. I tore my meniscus in the AFC Championship. The doctor screwed up. He only Damn. he put a shot in my knee. He only got half the medicine, and it didn't oh work. Oh my god! The week of the Super Bowl, I still couldn't move properly. Yeah, yeah. was this we, the same like, doctor? yeah okay even up until like hours before he was like freaking out hoping this shot would work so he could play yeah but so even like i knew he had gone through all of this but you know after he was done 
I still saw him as this person who just fucking blew through it. Yeah. Like who just, he didn't care how hurt he was. He was going to play. And not only was he going to play, he was going to fucking destroy you. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, like yep. it, he was that person. And then all of a sudden he was not this person. All mm. of a sudden he was not this person not because I thought he wasn't this person, but yeah. because he thought he wasn't this person. Gotcha. And then all of a sudden I thought, oh shit, like what, what, what's happening here? You know, like what is going on? And I didn't understand. Yeah. I didn't, I had no clue that he had been battling this for years, number one. Mm -hmm. And I definitely had no clue that he was so far from what he thought of himself that it was now a huge issue yeah. and a huge issue within our marriage. An identity crisis of sorts. Oh yeah. God, huge. to say I mean, the least. Uh, it was still, that lasted. <laughs> I mean, I still have bouts sometimes with identity yeah. crisis, but mm -hmm. I've gotten a lot better. Um, therapy has helped. Uh, NAD has really helped uh, my recovery process. Nice. Um, it's really helped pull me out of the depression I was in. Wow, um, that's great. But, but I don't even think he identified it as depression for mm. years. I mean, we're yeah, when, when you don't know what that, that's what it is when you've never dealt with it before, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's hard to uh, recognize. For sure. And I didn't know who the hell was looking at the mirror. Mm. And th that, but, that, but that is, that is indicative of depression for sure. That yeah. for Luke, uh, like, what is this? Yeah. I mean, I don't recognize who you are. Mm. But let me, let me just me. remind yeah. you, this was over a period of what, four years? Mm. like that's how far it got yep until until he got help which was back in november a few months ago oh wow and and it was some days he'd wake up himself yeah other days he'd wake up and it was just like let's i'm just gonna leave him alone today yeah wow and that's where it became um like don't get me wrong but in this whole issue in this whole process we had our like our crazy arguments and that whole thing but when we moved to san antonio from austin that's when it was kind of like okay like let's let's figure out what this is because not only is it not only like just an argument anymore but it was like pulling us apart yeah in a sense of like I, we didn't want to be around each other because he didn't know what he was dealing with and I didn't know what he was dealing with. Yeah. And it was just kind of, well, let's just keep arm's length distance because we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Until today. this works itself out. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Maybe, maybe tomorrow he'll feel better. Right. And then it wasn't until later when um, he came to me and was like blatantly honest. Yeah. And just said it. Nice. Just said it that took years to four, four, four yeah. years longer we this we're on our second child now so <laughs> yeah. yeah five well, years well and you know i mean your identity as a as a man as a person has changed so as drastically yeah and it's mm -hmm. just like literally overnight it yeah kind of changed for me. switch flipped right yeah. like that's i i get that i you know for me i was a i was a youth minister for years in my 20s and when i transitioned from that and went into like normal work um it it was 
it was definitely a change. It was, yeah. it was, and it was something like something new I had never known before. And it happened very quickly. Yeah. Um, like one day I was in San Antonio doing that. And then the next day I was in Fort Worth doing usually something completely different. And it was like, there's that transition period <laughs> where, you know, you kind of can see the change coming. Right. Yeah. No, I didn't see the change. Coming. No, it was it, so abrupt. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. That's and that was what made tough. it even tougher. For sure. Tougher dealing with a lot of the stuff I was dealing with. Obviously the low T was, had a lot to do with my emotions because now I was an emotional woman. I'm not gonna lie. My yeah. estrogen was sky high, my test was super low. So not only dealing with depression, now I'm dealing with that. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Stuff you can't control. I was yeah. an emotional yeah. wreck. And on my wow. end, I'm not necessarily a very emotional person. Oh yeah. And so that made it extremely difficult mm -hmm. for me to even understand. Right. It was kind of like, well, let's pick our panties up and keep moving forward, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but but only because I didn't understand the severity of it. Right. Yeah. And and nor have I been in any sort of position that he's been in. You mm -hmm. know, I was never mm -hmm. in group sports. I was never on that level. I was never like none of it. Never I had that, that one thing that was like kind of your identity. Not at all. Yeah. Not by any means. Mm -hmm. And it's um, completely different perspective. And it's, it's interesting because like, it, it doesn't really matter how well you get along. I think as a, as a couple, like when it, there's just that, that contrast that is so intense like that, it's, yeah. it's hard. It's hard yeah. to figure it out. It is hard. And, and our argument constantly, was he would tell me, you don't understand. You've never been in my position. Mm. You've never been in this like camaraderie, this group sport where they are your brothers and they're your life. Mm. And, and I'm like, mm. you know what? You're right. You know, like you're right. I've never been in that position. And so our main focus when we would talk, mm. you know, about this issue was you don't understand. You can't understand. And mine was, you're right. I can't. And it, it stayed at that for yeah. a while. Yeah. And for me, it was like, you know, it kind of turned into a deal where it's like, you know what? She doesn't want to understand. And that kind of, mm, that's that tough. kind of started to build some resentment with me. Like, right. She doesn't want to understand me. She, she doesn't, doesn't yeah, want she doesn't to care. Try. She doesn't want yeah. to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. It was, that was tough, really tough. <laughs> and it wasn't until, like, as he finally spoke up and said, this is my issue. Mm -hmm. But, one of his teammates fortunately um, gave him a referral to um, this center in California. Mm. And it was only for retired football players going through this transition. Oh, of, wow. Yeah. yeah, it was only through this. Um, That's very niche. <laughs> right, right. But how crazy is that? Yeah. Like, that's how important it is. Right. And an identity. There is definitely a need there for 100%. sure. The NFL, yeah. with the way the NFL works, is they're a business. All they, right. They're they like, thanks about. for your time. They, Bye. That's yeah. it. And it's a young man's league, especially now when when I was in the league after the lockout, it turned into a young man's game. Yeah. yeah. So the play might drop off a little bit, mm -hmm. but if he's younger and cheaper, you're gonna go with the younger, cheaper guy all day long. Yeah. Right. Thank you for your service. See ya. Right. Well, and then when own. it happens across the board, yeah. everyone just kind of blow it and then they can yeah. play again, you know, like, well, and I, I kind of, I love this because in this space that you guys have created with that in mind, you know, I, I see so many professional players go into coaching, go into, you know, owning a team, go into, you know, something mm -hmm. in the industry. Right. Um, and it's really cool to see that 
that you guys have started this this spa because it's something that is for anybody, right. um, which is it, it seems very different, um, very yeah. very kind of off the cuff from what uh, professional athletes usually would do, um, or at least from what we see. Right. Uh, typically, and so that was the thing, you know, like when he went to this, um, like a, it was like a wellness center, you know, mm-hmm. like they would. Um, there was different exercises they would do like mentally, physically. Um, one of them was intensive therapy throughout the entire day. Yeah. And I mean, like he would wake up at five in the morning and go there and wouldn't come home till seven at night. Wow. Like that's how much therapy it was. And um, there were times when um, the therapist would have like, you know, family chats. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, we really kind of, it was just such a clarity moment of, you know, we would talk about how he was feeling versus how I was feeling. Mm. And her comment was, she told Louis blatantly. And it's not that it was like to, you know, negate how he was feeling or anything like that. But she said to him, you know, she's not going to understand. Like there's no possible way for her to understand. Yeah. And then she looked at me and she says, but it's your job to support. Mm. It's your job. That just, yeah, that gets me right here. Yeah. It's like, it's your job to support and not try to understand, understand something that you cannot. It's so important. And it was at that moment, like it It still gives me chills. Yeah. It gives me chills to say it because it truly for both of us was like, Oh, fuck. And it's, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But like how nuts, you know, like because we were so knee deep in it, uh-huh. you, you don't have the ability to look from the outside right. and see what what you need to do to flourish. You yep. just know that you are so deep in this and you're so sick of this. That's that's all you see. Just engulfed in the shit. And 100%. Like, yeah. And that's yep. like, which is just like the point of so important to be able to recognize at whatever level it is that you need help. Yeah. Whatever level that is. Definitely. You know, and because if cool. we didn't receive that simple comment like we probably still would have been at each other's throats you know like and and really (laughs) i was telling you know somebody else the other day yesterday in fact that you know louis and i have learned to communicate so well yeah through that through this moment in our lives we have learned to communicate so well to be so honest with each other and then on the receiving end not be offended yeah you know like that's it's, that's it's not my job sure. to be offended mm-hmm. it's my job to understand that you feel this way right and wow. what can i do to reassure you number one mm-hmm. and to maybe change something yeah you know and and it's such a humbling humbling thought humbling experience to go through because even now when he texts me something and my instant reaction is like I told you earlier, my favorite, my favorite phrase is fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's like truly, I mean, it, and, and I don't mean this like bad toward him, 
it has always been my initial. That's who I am. <laughs> I am a, that is who Just I am. Fuck to the off kind of 100%. <laughs> that's how my father is. That is how I am. And it takes me. Yeah. But you know, what's great is that it's an, it's, it's now become like an instant reaction for my brain to say, stop. Yeah. That's amazing. It is not. You do not have to have a rebuttal. You do not have to have a response. Mm-hmm. You have to understand what he's saying. Yep. Sometimes and that's it's, taken it's best years. Just to say, okay. One hundred percent. Process it. Talk about process it. Process it. And then to to truly process it, not right. to just be like, okay, let's not have the argument because we have definitely done that <laughs> with each other. Yeah, yeah. just builds. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But to yep. really like take a step back and think, this is not about me. Yeah. And, and that's that's what the therapy has really afforded us. Is I love to that. Like to sure. really be yeah. able to understand each other and and that it's not our job to purely understand what you're going through. It's mm-hmm. our job to support, accept support, and support. Yeah. Man, so yeah, I uh, I think that's a really good time to start kind of winding this down. Yeah. Um, I love that. I just that simple thing. It's not my job to understand, but to support um, and. It's, I want you guys to tell everyone a little bit about like what you guys do here. Um, and because I feel like this spa is definitely a culmination of that, um, that one lesson, right? (laughs) So to kind of piggyback and feed into, you know, what we're doing here, when I went to California and started getting the help I needed, um, I started to realize, I don't know if I just started to realize, or if it was just, one of those things that was talked about more that I really started to see it more mm-hmm. type of thing. You know, you, you notice a red car, you see red cars now. All right. Yeah. Type of thing. Um, <laughs> my teammate, Nick Hardwick, that I learned, learned a lot, a lot from, um, he went through a de- uh, battle of depression. Um, Anthony Gonzalez or Tony Gonzalez, you know, one of the, these are great players that I thought had their shit together. Yeah. And they went through depression. You know, so whenever I started to notice this, I started to realize nobody's immune to this. I don't care if you're the top of the top of le- an NFL legend yeah. or you play for a couple of years. Nobody's immune from this. Right. You we know, everybody deals with it. Yeah. And when I went to, um, you know, California to this facility, they, you know, they said they've seen hundreds of guys in my position. They said we all go through it. One of them was my former teammate. Mm. Um from here in Texas, um, and he, I talked to him about this place. He's like, dude, they helped me pull out of a deep, dark place. He goes, I was wow. in a dark place. That's impressive. Um, and he, he ended up going out there my last couple of days there again, just to kind of get a refresher and stay, you know, stay level headed and whatnot. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, after the pandemic, um, you know, a lot of people were, it was a little, you know, depression was super high. Um, and it really proved not just how mentally ill people were, mm-hmm. but, you know, obviously physically how unhealthy we were as a country and mm-hmm. really all over the globe. Yeah. As for, a state. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, sure. let's bring it local, like yeah. as a state. Yeah. Um, I, I, how many cities in Texas were top 10 of the... <laughs> San Antonio and Houston, I think, were top yeah. two. Yeah. yeah, for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they, that's why they call it Fat Antonio. I didn't know that until Royce told me that. Yeah, you know, but, yep. but truly it's a cultural issue. A, yeah. a lot of it, you know, like we we have amazing food here. Why wouldn't you want right. to eat it? Yeah. yeah, so anyway, um, through all of that experience, like Louis was mentioning, you know, it was very apparent that 
you know, these treatments were primarily available to who could afford them, number one. Mm. Um, secondly, athletes. Like, this was like an athlete thing. You know, this is yeah, what they did for, for every game. Right. Yeah. It was a, a form of recovery, not just like what you get after a hangover, you know, <laughs> which people mostly know them by. And so that's why we decided to open this wellness center through Louis' journey of like, you know, on his own journey to wellness and, and on my journey to wellness, um, it was something that was very apparent that um, could be used for like, quote unquote, the everyday person. Like yeah. why weren't people benefiting from this? I mean, from anywhere from postpartum to professional athlete retirement, I mean, anywhere in between. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just places for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's yeah. where this came from. It, I say this all the time, like this, this facility truly came out of love. It really did because we didn't, we didn't implement services based on cost or price or ROI or anything like that. It was, it was really what we both had experienced in our lives. You know, yeah, it really works and helps people. Yeah. Gotcha. With, with his end of, you know, like, um, going through his depression and my end of going through my depression after postpartum, like mm. it really is, has such a broad spectrum that it needed to be implemented for mm. someone to just walk in and say like, Hey, I'm dealing with this, mm. you know, and then let's get a plan for you. Let's work. And so that's why we offer the NAD, which nice. is, which is, you know, really kind of the NAD helps with anxiety. It helps with depression. They actually used it years ago. They only used it for addiction um, yeah addiction really? recovery wow. like severe addiction recovery that's crazy um that's awesome they use I have, it i have some friends i have a few friends who actually struggle pretty heavily with addiction and so yeah like, you know, and, but we all do yeah. so do we yeah. we have really close friends that that struggle with it mm -hmm. and it's so important to know that like you know, when you go to a doctor, they hand you a pill most of the right. time. They give you like a quick fix and it's not what we want to do. We want to, yeah, we want to show people yeah. like there are things to do that are so readily available if you just are able to offer it. And so that's why we have this. We have this so we can offer this for <laughs> someone just struggling with whatever they're dealing with. We all struggle in some sort of a sense. And, you know, even neuropathically, the NAD has the ability to create new new neural pathways. Yeah, helps um, with traumatic brain injuries. I mean, concussions, concussions anything. Yeah. yeah. And awesome. so, um, so yeah, that's why we do it here. We do it to just purely recovery. We do exercise, purely recovery work, and and being healthy, and and truly trying to redefine what it means to be healthy, not just physically. You don't. Yeah. I mean, like someone can look aesthetically just phenomenal and be quote unquote healthy <laughs> yep. but everything inside like how louis was could just be fucking crumbling to pieces mm, yeah. and how does that how do you translate like how does that connect yep and so that's what this facility is about to really connect the dots for everyone that's awesome and as far mm -hmm. as mental health physical health and then on the outside we have our med spot here to be able to kind of connect that last dot with physically yeah you know looking how you would like how you see yourself at that point Right. That's amazing. And yeah. you guys have like all kinds of everything from facials Every, to that's it. laser Every, hair removal to <laughs> all of it, all body yeah. tightening, yeah. Con yeah. yeah, you name it. So, so I mean, cool. it literally encompasses everybody from professional athletes to your everyday person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Struggling or you're already physically fit, but want a little extra kick. I mean, yeah, yeah, for everything. Sure. So you don't have to have something wrong with you to come here. 
to benefit from what we have. Nice. So, I mean, That's we have amazing. stuff for sports performance properties and, you know, stuff for, you know, just to help you pull out of a depression like I was in. Yeah. That's cool. And, you know, and that's like, I love that because that's the whole purpose of what we do with this podcast is really to, to highlight just normal people who are doing amazing things with their lives. Right. And like coming from such a humble beginning, um, you know, and, and coming up through being a professional athlete and now back to like, you know, I'm trying to, I want to help other people, right. other normal people. And um, if I can, and like, that's an, that's an amazing thing. And the fact that you guys are doing that together and um, just really trying to just, I don't know, maintain that um, I'm a normal person too. Right? Yeah, kind of, kind for of sure. Attitude, which is this, that's, that's a great thing to see. Yeah. Um, and so it's very, very inspiring for sure. And um, that you've been able to, especially as a couple, like kind of work through those really difficult moments in life and uh, just do something great with it. Yeah, right most now. definitely. It's it's a great understanding we've gained and yeah. we're excited to share it with, you know, everyone else who wants to come, you know, cool. start their journey on wellness. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, it's last call. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's time for you guys to just <laughs> tell everybody where, uh, where they can find you, how they can come take advantage of these services. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's local here in San Antonio, yeah. but you guys will take anybody, right? We'll take anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyone. We'll take you no matter what. So yeah, we are um, Northwest side of town. We are um, right off of I-10. We're directly across the street. Easy to find us from Leon Springs Elementary School in Dominion Springs Plaza. Awesome. So yeah. Yeah. you can actually literally hear the kids at recess. Exactly. What about like website, social media, all that stuff? So it's www.primewellnessandperformance. Um, our social media is prime underscore wellness and performance all spelled out. Um, and then once you go to our website, um, we have like a booking link on there. You can read all about us. You can read our, like all the services we offer. Um, we're very transparent, even with pricing, you can go online and see everything that we offer, what price it is. Awesome. Um, we don't, we're not one of those people who wants you to come in and we're not going to sell you on a bunch of shit, <laughs> you know, like stuff you don't need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's all on there. It's black and white, you know, and, mm -hmm. and our goal truly is to help. That's it. End yeah. of the day. Cool. That's it. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. So if you guys are going to be in San Antonio or if you want to come to San Antonio just for this, just to hang out with Louis and, Louis and Royce, um, that's, that's awesome. So, uh, but point is guys definitely i mean just be willing to gain perspective um and and be humble right i think the the humility aspect of all this is really amazing and sure. uh, for both of you and and being able to recognize that you know you might not be able to understand somebody you might not be able to understand your partner your family members your friends but um it's just a matter of supporting them when they need it most that's it right yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. So yeah, we all need support at some point in time. Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah, thank you again for being with me, guys. I appreciate you having me at your spa and having this conversation with me. My pleasure. Thank you for having yeah, us. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, definitely. And uh, hopefully we'll chat soon. Yeah, most Absolutely. Yeah, cheers. 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 I want to thank you for venturing into the dark blue with us today, where we're always striving to foster a community of peers which empowers mental wellness, positive growth, and social awareness. If you like what we're doing and would like to support our community, you can purchase a pint glass or t-shirt from Sheath Underwear via the link on our merch tab at www.intothedarkblue.com. 
or message us to make a one-time donation. All proceeds go to men's mental wellness initiatives. If you ever need a listening ear, feel free to message us on the website or at into the underscore dark blue on Instagram. If you have an emergency or need help from a professional therapist, we offer several resources on our Get Help page. Last but not least, know your limits and drink smart. Cheers.